You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned afterward for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Well, good morning, Mosaic. It is such a blessing to be here to share God's word with you in this capacity and truly to launch this new series, Living Out of a Living Hope. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so humbled and thankful that you saved us. We're thankful that, God, that we have hope today. And hope maketh not a shame because we've trusted in you, Father. So I thank you for our time. I thank you, Lord, for every person here, their families. I thank you, God, my Father, for the word, the power, and the Holy Spirit of God moving throughout the room, confirming your love, your grace, your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, Paul built the launched the Thessalonian church. It was a very prosperous city, Thessalonica. And he launched it during a time of a lot of persecution. There was a lot of battles, persecutions going on. And yet he moved forward in launching this church. And after then, him and Titus and, you know, Timothy, they went to Athens, Greece. But Paul was very concerned about his church because these were new believers and in a prosperous city, and yet there was a lot of battles going on. He was concerned about their faith, what they were doing. So Paul sent Timothy. He said, go back and go to the Thessalonian church and see how they're doing. But oh, great. When, Paul, when Timothy went back, he found the church was thriving. It was moving forth. It was abounding in God, doing what they've been called to do. So Saul, Paul sat down to, wrote, to write the first Thessalonians, and this is what he said. He said to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, in peace and grace to you. He said, we always thank God for you all and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work of faith produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. He's picked you out. He's selected you because our gospel, our good news came to you, not simply with words, with logos, but also with power, with dunamis and the Holy Spirit, deep conviction. He said, you know how we lived amongst you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. You welcomed the message, the word, in the midst of severe suffering and joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so, he said, you became, you literally became known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, for whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. See, church, the Apostle Paul learned that even though he launched the church during tumultuous times, those believers trusted God. They saw his word, they heard his power, and they saw miracles working. And God was doing a mighty work in the church of Thessalonians amongst young believers. So I said, how did this happen? It happened based on three things. Three things were working. It was three things working of faith, of love, steadfast hope that was ignited by three things. The synergistic gospel, the word, the power, and the Holy Spirit. It was also, they made powerful life changes. When they heard the word, they were confirmed by the word, the Holy Spirit working, they would change. They became imitators and examples of Paul and of God himself. And also, 
the Believer's Model Mission. They launched a mission that they was going to take the gospel in the region that was prosperous outside Macedonia and Achaia. See, when the kingdom of God is heard by the word, is seen by the power, and is unction of the experiences by the Holy Spirit, even amongst persecution, you begin to know that God is real. You begin to see that God is real. It's not just his word. It's not just the power, but it's the word, the power, and the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what you're going to see here today. So what is this synergistic gospel? It's just what I said. It is his word. It is the word of God. And I love what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5. He clearly says, because our gospel, the word gospel is our good news, our good tidings. He said, our gospel came to you not simply in what you say and what you preached in the words, but also with power, with dunamis, with miracles, with happenings. He said, and with the Holy Spirit, with Numa, with the Spirit of God moving and creating experiences so the people would know that God's not dead and he's alive. They would know that it's not just men. It's not just Paul and Silas and Timothy and those with him. It was the power of God from heaven to make things rock, to shake so they can see that God is alive. He's alive. It was his word. It's what they heard. It's what they observed. It is what they experienced. It is what they heard, it's what they observed, and then what they experienced. His word, his power, and the Holy Spirit. See, church, and I love how Paul says, and you know. He said, you know how we lived amongst you. See, people know how we live amongst one another. That word know, that word know in Thessalonians, is called idol in Greek. It's idol. It's a word that I love to describe that word because it's what you, he said, what you see, what you observe, what you perceive, what you notice. Knowing the scripture can also be epigonesco, to truly know, to have a clear understanding of. Mostly it's used as gnesco and an intimacy with, a relationship with. But Paul says, you know, you see, you perceive, you understand what kind of men we were amongst you. So many times, you know, we, people know who we are. That's why Jesus told the, that's why, you know, Paul says, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's why the scriptures, Paul told the Corinthians, he said, we are the fragrance of Christ. We're the aroma of Christ amongst those who are being saved and amongst those who are perishing. We're the aroma of Christ. So people know, they understand what kind of men and women we have amongst them. There's a testimony from my hometown because the man, my dad's friend, he knew who I was. He knew I was a believer in Christ. And so he said, when is Sheila coming home? And he said, she'll be home for Thanksgiving in November 2021. I went home. And so he, he said, I want my, her to pray for my daughter. So he brought his daughter over to my parents' house. And, and when I, I said, come into the living room, he said, Miss Sheila, she's blind. I said, oh, okay. So he Brought it, I went to get her hands, brought her into the living room. He came in with me, and we began, began to pray. He stood right by his daughter with tears in his eyes, weeping. And I began to pray that her blind eyes would be open. Her blind eyes would be open in the name of Jesus. I told her about Jesus, and I told that he was the Savior. He was the Christ. He lives today, and he will open your blind eyes. So I prayed for her. Then I went back home in March. March 2022, and I went to visit them. And then when I went in March, you know, she was still blind impaired. 
But I didn't pray for our eyes to be open then. I just thanked God that they were open. I just thanked the Lord that they were open. I just thanked God that he'd done what he said because God's not a man that he should lie. You know, and so then I went back home in December, in November of 2020, December 2022, and I went to see him again. And when I went into her house, her dad walked me into the house. I went into her house. Her demeanor was different. She was smiling. I stepped back and I said, can you see me? She said, yes. I said, what color is my shirt? She says, brown. And my hat was different. I said, what color is my hat? She says, white with black spots. I jumped up, kissed heaven. I said, God did it again. He did it again. See, the opening her, and then in March, her mom gave her life to Christ. Because I asked her mom, do you know Jesus? She said, I go to church, but do you really know Jesus? Then in December, I asked her dad, do you want to know Jesus too? As he was standing by me with his daughters and the good news. He said, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. I said, no, no, no. Do you know Jesus? I'm going to go to church, Ms. Shubha. I said, do you want to know Jesus? See, what happened was not only did God open her eyes, but in the midst of Holy Spirit moving and bringing loving conviction and loving kindness, he opened his, her mom's eyes to know Jesus. He opened her dad's eyes to know Jesus. See, what happened then wasn't just the word. It wasn't just what I preached. It was the word and the power and the Holy Spirit of God moving throughout the room not to op- only open her blind eyes but he opened their spiritual eyes that they both came to know Jesus. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I call living. You see, Jesus, the Thessalonians were modeling what they saw in Paul. I was modeling what I read about Jesus. Jesus healed the blind in Galilee. He healed the blind in Bethesda. He healed a young boy who was born blind. And they said, is this man born blind because of his mom and dad? They said, no, but that the work of God may be seen. See, sometimes things happen to us. It's not because of any sin, but that the work of God will be seen. That the work of God will be seen. Because Jesus says in John, Jesus says, he that believeth on me, trust in me, the work that I do, that's Oregon, that's the things that I do, shall you do. And greater work shall you do because I go away to my father. See, you ain't seen Jesus. You've accepted him by faith. But you've seen Victoria. She got to lay hands on the sick so they can recover. See, I love that Jesus said the works. He said, he that believeth on me, adheres to me, trusted in me, and the works that I do shall you do, and greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. I tell you, God wants to do a work in the church today so the world can see Jesus. So what was the effect of what they saw? What they heard, what they saw, and what those they experienced. What was the effect of that? The effect of that is, I love it, is actually they became, they had powerful life changes, and they became imitators of Christ. Imitators of Christ. Paul said, Paul read, read and he said, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcome, you welcome the word, you receive the word in the midst of severe suffering. And with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model, an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith, your trust, your adherence to God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. (laughs) For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. 
See, when we give our lives to Christ, we make a turn. We don't just go on as we are. The Bible says they became imitators. They received the word of God. That word received, they took hold of the word of God. They literally gave ear to the word of God. They didn't reject the word of God. They took ownership of this word. They took ownership of this word. They became examples. They had faith in God. They turned to God. I love these verbs. They became, they received, they turned. And that's what happens when we see something great. We see God, the Holy Spirit, bringing loving conviction in our hearts. He brought loving conviction to that, that young girl's father. He brought young conviction and he said that, yes, Ms. Chopin, I'm going to go to church. I gave my life to Christ. I'm tr- doing these things that I've done. I always ask the girls in my Bible study, can you see two of you, the old you and the new you? For the old you have passed away. It's literally turned. And there's a new you. See, Jesus Christ himself, he's our living hope. That's why you and I have hope today. Because he's come into our hearts and he's saved us. We're no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We've been brought back. We've been made whole. We have hope today. No matter what you see in your life, there is hope through Christ Jesus. You can believe him by his word. You can trust him by his word. God the Father, he's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. And if he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. So let's trust God for his word. That's the hope we have today. You see, I love it that I tell people, We've got to become imitators of Christian believers who truly follow Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ, imitators of Christian believers who truly follow Christ and imitators of Christ himself being examples everywhere that they may believe. See, the world are looking for truth. They're looking for realities. They're looking for something that they can't explain. You may can debate the word, but you can't debate her eyes are open. You can debate the word, but you can't debate the one that I laid hands on, God healed her, cancer, the cancer went down. You may can debate Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John, but you can't debate when the power of God comes and eradicates something that you knew for a fact that you couldn't do it without God. That's why, that's why it's three things. That's why it's a synergistic gospel. That's why it's the logos, the preaching, the teaching of his word. But then there comes the dunamis, the power, miracles that take place. And then it's the Holy Spirit just moving throughout, confirming God's word so people can know that it is God from heaven that's doing the work in the earth. That's what we want. I want us to be followers of Christ. I love how Paul told the church of Corinthians. He says, follow me, my example, as I follow Christ. And I love that he said, as. He didn't just say, follow me. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You see, church, the word example, I love it because the word example means it's a stamp. It's a replica. It's actually a figure. It's an image. Sometimes I ask myself, Sheila, do do you reflect the image of Christ? Uh, are you a stamp of Christ? Because you've asked Christ to come into your heart. You've been, Christ has infused you with his presence. He's infused you with his spirit. You know, it's, when we say it, I tell Christians, you know, people need to see him so they can know him. 
If they don't see him, how will they know him? And we should be reflecting Christ. We should be reflecting the hope that came to die and live, that we may live again. You see, the, the life we live as Christian believers, church is not just for us. It's for those all around us. Me being born again, loving Jesus with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's not just for me. It's for my neighbors. It's for my family. It's for my colleagues. It's for my friends. That's why we choose to lay down our lives, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. There's hope for me today. If I die today, I'm forever saved with God. But if I don't be a replication, if I don't be an identification, if I don't be an example, if I don't be an imitation of this Jesus that others will see when they die, will they know Jesus Christ? And I've been, do they know? Do they know who I am? Do they know who you are? What do they see? Just do, do yourself a game. Action one, what do you see in me? What do you see in me? I've done that. What do you see in me? What do you see in me? Do you see Jesus? Because... Truly, I found, this is what I found in my 42 years of working with God. Truly loving God and loving others, reflecting Jesus that others may come to know Jesus is a great thing. Truly loving Jesus, truly loving God. See, the life we live is, is not just for me. I want my sons to know that they know. I want my parents to know that they know. I want my enemy to know that they know. I want my, 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 my colleagues, my neighbors to know that they know. If I really believe that the life that I live guarantees me heaven after I die, why would not I live so others can know it too? Why would not I live this living hope that others may know the hope that I have? See, I got hope today. I got hope today because Jesus died for me, and I've asked him to come into my heart and to save me. I got hope today. I want to make sure others have hope. That's why I love how Jesus says, he said, love your enemies. He said, love those who despitefully use you. He said, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love covers a multitude of faults. Let us love like God, look like God, act like God, walk like God, talk like God, so the world can see. And this is the believer's model mission that we need to follow. This is the believer's model mission. Our goal is to live and act and talk like Christ. And that's why we want to see the gospel of the kingdom just flourish throughout the world. We want, that's why Mosaic has missionary trips. That's why they have North Austin, South Austin, Fort Worth. That's why we have every campus nation. That's why we have home groups, because we want people to see. I want people to see the believer's model mission, just like you're seeing the gospel take place in Asbury. And actually, it's moved throughout many universities. According to the, the higher education, they said the gospel of Christ the, just the awakening of God's word. Young kids coming to know Jesus in the college campus has not just done in Asbury. It's done in Auburn University. I mean, it's been, recently it's been done in Texas A&M. Some of you may be from Texas A&M. So let's give a shout out that Jesus is moving and roaming throughout Texas A&M, touching the hearts of men. Shout like you do a football game. If it's a football game, you would shout about it. But people's lives are coming. People's lives are coming to know Jesus. I want to hear that shout. I want to hear that shout. Because that, there you go. And you know, Baylor says in March, Baylor says, in their awakening, Baylor says, Teach us to pray. 
I love that, teach us to pray. So church, God is looking for men and women like you. He's looking for proven, faithful, chosen men and women to take this gospel, to take this gospel throughout the earth, to take this gospel. I want to see an awakening in my home. I want to see an awakening in your home. I said, next time someone gets saved in my home, I'm going to go and fill up the bathtub and lay them down and raise them up in the name of Jesus. I want to see an awakening. You see, God, this will cause the Lord Jesus Christ, the word to thrive as we walk as proven, faithful men and women of God. Proven, faithful men and women of God. Now, what does the scripture say? You know, and I'm sure some of these teenagers may, in college, may get persecuted a little bit. I remember I gave my life to Christ at 19 in my undergrad. They called me Holy Roller. (laughs) Then they laughed at me. All my friends left me. My sister sat with me on the bus. But I tell you, they may persecute me, but they didn't stop God's best in my life. They didn't stop God's best in my life. And that's why Paul said, Paul said, you're going to have persecution. But he said, God delivered me out of them all. We may be afraid of persecution, but I tell you, church, don't let that bother you because Jesus got your back. If he saved your soul from death, would he not save your feet from falling? So I asked the church today, as I look at Thessalonians 1 and 9, he said, Paul said, um, I, I love this scripture, but I kind of modify it. Paul said, they turned to God from my to serve the true and living God. I said, take joy. Take joy in turning to God and turning away from your idols. Idols are anything that you hold to that can impede your intimacy with God. An idol, anything that you behold, anything that you set in your affection on, anything that causing you to disobey God. People said, you know, Jesus, young men like to tell me something. I said, Jesus was a man. He was tempted in all ways. The Bible said, yet he didn't sin. Jesus said, bound him, behold him to become made like man, that he could be, he can identify with man. You see, church, someone said, but Jesus didn't live in this culture. You know, I said, let me tell you what, what, what Solomon said. He said, there's nothing new in the sun. That which was shall be again. You see, no matter what this culture is, you know, Jesus didn't allow his vision to be blurred by the culture. We can't allow our vision to be blurred by the culture. See, there's two missions. There's your temporary mission is taking care of the responsibility on earth, but there's your eternal mission. Don't let your temporary mission abort your eternal mission. Your eternal mission is to see that people come to know Jesus. That's your eternal mission. Thank God for the temporary mission. It's a good one as well. And so this is the model. This is our challenge. The model is to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset you, so easily beset me. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us so we can run our race. We got to run our race, church. We got to run our race. For the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross and despised the shame, and he's seated at the right hand. Church, let's imitate Christ, being examples of Christian believers so the world can see what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a believer? What does it look like? What do they see? What do they observe? What do they understand? What are they seeing? You say you're a Christian? Okay, what are they seeing? Are we a stamp? Are we an example? Are we an imitator of this Christ who died for us and we should be? So beyond beyond our beneficial temporary mission, taking care of responsibility, please don't abort our eternal mission. Don't abort our eternal mission. And so in closing, one of the things I thank God for is that Christian believers, no matter what stage of life you're in, because 
Paul told Timothy, Timothy, let no man despise you for your youth. Let no man despise you for you. But in speech, in what you say, in conduct, in what you do, love, faith, and he used the word purity. And we love that word purity, godliness. He said, that's how you need to live. See, church, I'm asking us, let's be on mission. Be on mission, please. Be on mission. When you see your beautiful neighbor, your colleague, if you have a living hope that if you should die today, you will be forever saved with God. What about your neighbor? What about your colleague? What about your enemy? What about your sister, your brother? What about your mom, your dad? See, they need to see Jesus in us. That's why Paul said, imitate me as I imitate God. He told the church to imitate. He told the Corinthians church. He told the Hebrews. He told the, Phil the Philippians. He told them to imitate Christ, to imitate Christ, to imitate Christ. If I want to get in health, if I want to become healthy, I'm going to select a, a coach, a, a coach that helps me get healthy, but they have to be healthy themselves. You know, when people go in medicine, they become doctors. They, you know, they, they follow another doctor. They shadow another doctor so they can understand how things are going. You know, the doctor doesn't shadow the nurse it's in the medical field. The doctor doesn't shadow the custodial person. They're helping in the medical field. The doctor shadowed the doctor. Who are you going to shadow? You gonna, who are you going to shadow? I'm asking you to shadow Jesus so you can be like Jesus, to do like Jesus. If you know him, show him. If you know him, show him. Be a reflection of him that the world will see Jesus. So I'm asking, in this living hope, let us reflect Christ. And it's not something we can't do. Because the Bible says it's God that works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When the spirit of God infuses on the inside of us, God is working in our hearts and working in our lives to do it. We need to choose. I love those verbs. They chose. They turned from idols to the living God. That's a turning process. So church, let our works of faith, our labor of love, and our steadfastness in Christ ignite us to be on mission, be on mission, but the eternal mission. Don't let your daily lives impact your eternal lives. Don't let your daily lives impact your eternal lives. People are dying. Do they have the hope you have? People are sick. Do they have the hope you have? People are hurting. Do they have the hope you have? We have hope because we know Jesus. We know the one who is and is to come. We know the one who said, I came that you would have life and life more abundantly. I'm asking you, church, if you want prayer to engage in this mission, but this is a mission. We got to be on mission. We got to be on mission to take this gospel so people can have hope, hope that makes not a shame. God bless you. Love you, church. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.